Did you guys see uh, my message about like the intro? How do you feel about that? I was just oh, about to do our, our normal, normal thing, and then I realized, I yeah, care. maybe I should yeah, do it. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. You don't care. Do what, do what you want. Okay, I'll try it out this week. To quote Lady Gaga. Um, no, no Gaga fans. <laughs> but I'll just. I, it's such a. It's such a. I don't know how to start if not for screaming. and welcome to Nintendo Week we for the end of week of, uh, you know, all of the ones in January and all the ones since uh, our special Christmas episode. Uh, today I am joined by Alex Plant. Ah, uh, you, you backed out. <laughs> all right, yeah, I'm here. Well, so honestly, I just like, I didn't know how to start the episode, if not... Because of the weirdness of <laughs> Hi, welcome to Nintendo Week. You got us, you got your hosts, and we're realities. all here, except for Dark Alex. We got our ducks in a row for 2021, <laughs> everything is clearly going great for us. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, if you're wondering what any of that was, um, I just figured sort of in the, for the sake of having, like, a flexible... Uh, episodes, uh, if any of you are tuning in again from the announcement last week, it's just easier to mix and match stuff later. So I was thinking of maybe like recording our sessions and then doing like, I don't know, like a Mark Marin style sort of like intro afterwards that our guests and hosts and everyone don't have to listen to. Um, just to catch you guys up, if you have strong opinions, let us know. Tweet at us because, you know, we want to show that you guys like, too. Um, so that would that would constitute the housekeeping. Exactly this right now that, that Alex and Lee wouldn't, wouldn't have to sit through. <laughs> this week on Nintendo Week, we're going to be having a Pokemon retrospective in celebration of the 25th anniversary of the series. We're going to, you know, reminisce over the timeline of the games. And then later we're talking about the Pokemon 25th anniversary, specifically what we would like to see. Um, we've already talked sort of about new Pokemon Snap in our revival episode uh, in 2020. We've seen a new trailer since then, but, uh, you know, it's kind of just like more new Pokemon it's, Snap. It's a Pokemon so. Snap game, all right. Yep. <laughs> There's some Pokemon. So we'll have more to say when we're actually, like, playing it. And Pokemon was 25 years ago, turns 25 this year. And usually on these big, important February anniversaries, they have a huge announcement. So we're expecting games pretty soon. <laughs> And so, you know, in about two weeks when it happens, we'll be reacting to what we really got versus what we hope for today. I like Pokemon. I think it's a good franchise. I just need Sinnoh. That's <laughs> really all I want. It's all I care to want. That's all I care to talk about. Um, it's my favorite region, and I, I want it... So that's my take. I also wish Pokemon were real, but that's its own. <laughs> oh man, those are my two Pokemon thoughts. <laughs> that's a pretty big <laughs> wish. I don't know if they can do it this year, but we will see. Uh, I'm demanding. What can I say? Uh, although I will say, there's hope. There's hope. I read possibly a pseudoscience article, but I like to believe it's real science. Um, that they first of all, are able to 3D print, you know, like, synthetic, fibrous materials, like, skin-like materials. Yeah, you can you can 3D print organs. Oh, my God! But could also theoretically program an AI, and in a long story short, years in the future, make a real Eevee. Okay, that would be so cool, though. That's Pokemon's 75th anniversary. 
when I was 10 or 12, I was like fully convinced that that was the future was that we would have real Pokemon. Oh, I am at 25. (laughs) I think it can happen. I'm optimistic. We're going to invent the ice types to solve global warming and the rest come from there. Exactly. Big brain. (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, Well, we're starting off strong. Pokemon are going to be real. Yes. <laughs> I feel like this 25th anniversary means something different for me than it does for either of you because I, I, was, I was actually, I believe neither of you were actually alive when Pokemon started. Is that correct? Yeah. I was not. So. Yeah. I was, I was not even a thought in my parents' mind. I, I, I was two months old. I okay. was two years old when it came to the U.S. Oh. Um, okay. Got it. I was like, I was 10 when it came to the U.S. So I was yeah. Like different. Perfect prime, prime Pokemon age uh, at the time. Uh, so like for me it's like sweet spot yeah the the novelty of having a game boy game that i could play with my brother and it was an rpg that we were playing through together uh is just man it just there was nothing like it at the time and there i feel like you know we've had a lot of online rpg since then but really there's been nothing like it since everyone i knew was playing it everyone it was that the ultimate schoolyard game the ultimate like everyone every one of my cousins was playing it uh so like I don't know, the mania for Pokemon back in the late 90s is just uh, unparalleled. It's like Animal Crossing now, except for there was that competitive well, app. I, the well, competitive it's like angle. Pokemon Go in 2016. I mean, yeah, that's true. It's uh, it's interesting to me that, that Animal Crossing is where you first went, because I, I thought how perfectly fitting that Pokemon is still that franchise that everyone plays yeah well i mean the funny thing is that like pokemon go it feels like the zeitgeist was about a year and i know it's still popular like it hadn't never stopped being popular but like it everyone was playing it that first year and that sort of dropped off but i feel like everyone was playing pokemon for like at least the first couple entries and i've never really felt anything like that since yeah i had a slightly different experience i feel like i didn't know a lot of people I mean, I guess in terms of, like, people who played video games, Pokemon was everywhere. But I felt like by the time that I was seven or eight playing Pokemon Gold, maybe nine playing Pokemon Ruby, that it was kind of just a handful of people at that point. Granted, I was in, like, elementary school where I feel like kids tend to say much quicker that things are for babies. And it's like, dude, you're seven. (laughs) (laughs) Chill out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there was this moment where it stopped being cool. Pokemon stopped being cool. It just was fun. Yeah, and if you enjoyed sure. it, like you, you were still into it, but it wasn't, you know, people moved on to like Call of Duty or, you know, things that were for teenagers became the cool things for children. Yeah. Uh, basically. Uh, yeah, no, I remember in like third grade, people would be like, have you played Halo? And I'm like, yeah, have exactly. <laughs> Which is, uh, I mean, now it's like Fortnite and Among Us and. Which I feel like, I mean, granted, I haven't really ever played Halo, but I feel like uh, from my worthless experience, it seems like Fortnite is, like, less violent. It's more cartoony, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I would definitely say that Fortnite is less violent. So, legit yeah. question, though. What's more violent, Pokemon or Fortnite, when you think about it? <laughs> well, if you consider um... the animations, definitely Fortnite. Yeah, 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 <laughs> of course. Um, certainly not the next entries in the series, Pokemon Gold and Silver. Which Pokemon opened gun. a new chapter. <laughs> no, I'm trying to take us along the uh, timeline of the franchise here uh, with Pokemon Gold and Silver, the first foray into color. Uh, well, no, Pokemon Yellow kind of had single like singular color throughout yeah. the world. 
But, but you know, these are the Game Boy Color games. Every Pokemon got two colors in their sprites. Um, <laughs> that was a big flex back then for a handheld uh, yeah, that was popular. Yeah, no, for real. Because, I mean, the other, other handhelds did have color, but they weren't popular. I'm sorry to throw this shade in the mix, but it does amaze me how just, like, absolutely cutting edge and totally unparalleled of a game boy and game boy color even game boy advance and ds experience pokemon was versus like it's it's like water compared to wine for breath of the wild you know sword and shield like it's like ugly and i'm sorry i'm sorry to to be negative there there's a lot of good that we'll talk about what's this funny thing um, where like nintendo was sort of stuck in 8-bit basically from 1989 until the game boy advance came out and that was their handheld experience was 8-bit. Yeah. Which is a long time for tech not to advance in a really gigantic way, even in the handheld form factor. So it's wild that that was their strategy for so many but years. But they, they perfected it. It was really great. Pokemon was still this game that was like had this pretty big scale, even for a handheld game, even for an 8-bit game, uh, especially yeah. Gold and Silver, where oh, you had the two regions. Um. And those games are still pretty meaty to get through compared to a lot of other RPGs. So I, I recently went through basically all my old versions of the games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take an inventory of all the Pokemon that I have. And I believe it was about 80 hours to complete a Pokedex in yellow, which is just yellow, you know. Then the Game Boy Color games have almost twice as many so yep and 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 you know there's a reason that it came to define i feel every one of the handhelds that it appeared on like you're always waiting for the pokemon game when you can when you buy a handheld yeah yeah see what that's like you know yeah i agree this is a silly point but the cartridges also just looked so cool oh right with all the co- different colors yeah it sort of died out with the ds yeah right yeah that's a trend that needs to come back. So some of the uh, innovations, though, that the Game Boy Color games introduced in the mechanics of the games are, first of all, they introduced two new types, Dark and Steel, sort of balance out the competitive edge. We haven't seen a new si- a new type since then until Fairy, and then nothing since. They've only gone from 15 to 18 in the entire run of the series. We also got to see eggs and Pokemon breeding. They introduced, I believe it's about, like, five to ten new baby pokemon by you know can put them in the pokemon daycare and breed them and get eggs for you know tyrogue for hitmonchan and hitmonlee you get magby for magbar um did i just say magbar i know it's magmar i <laughs> i think i just it's got okay. lazy you can say whatever you want you can you can name your magmar magbar and then it becomes canon right? <laughs> yeah that's the whole yeah. point of nicknames. I feel like I feel like Gold and Silver hit the sweet spot for me in terms of features because after that, like double battles, I never really cared much for. Triple battles, I certainly didn't care for. Uh, I liked some of the stuff they did with the DS games, like the they f- yeah. finally fixed uh, the physical special attacks to make them you know interesting and more sensible. But there wasn't really much else that they added after Gold and Silver that I was like, oh yeah, this is something that I can't see them getting rid of in a future Pokemon game, right? A lot of those things that I feel that way about are only because they're there in all of them. Like if 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 let's say we like retcon history, re- the real world. <laughs> if if they never introduce natures, like who would care? Yeah, I, yeah. But you know, I would never want them to get rid of that now because I'm like, oh well, this is their personality. This is 
This is my Vigoroth. <laughs> well, Nature's is funny because like the concept of Nature's was always there. It just wasn't surfaced to the player in any meaningful way. So like that, that, right, that, that yeah. I'm fine with too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just talking like game mechanics, you know. No mega evolutions, no Z moves, none of that. Yeah, they're, they're... I still can't wrap my head around those. <laughs> okay, I feel like we successfully skimmed over a lot of the advancements that they made in some of the other generations, and there's a more interesting discussion to be had about sort of this pivot that they've taken, I feel, around their transition um, into 3D. Started a little bit with uh, black and white, I feel, with like Pokemon Fusions. And Kurim yeah. and Russian and Zekra. There's like a Yu Gi Ohification of Pokemon, I feel yeah. like, that's happened. Yeah. Interesting um, word for that, but I do <laughs> feel exactly what you're it's, saying. It's four hyphenated <laughs> words, but I'll take the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> um. But also, like, the fact that it's four words crammed together is a perfect encapsulation of what you're saying. Exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah, yeah. it's perfect. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's it's something that they do a lot of in every generation, I feel. They, we're, we're sort of stacking a bunch of different concepts. We get Mega Evolution in Generation 6. We get, what is it? Z, yeah, Z moves in Generation 7. Yeah, Dynamax in Generation 8. At the end of the day, there are all these crazy battle buffs that they seem to just be abandoning in the next one over. And it seems like marketing stunts, it seems like they maybe don't, what else to do except rely on this kind of power creep bigify your pokemon yeah i mean there's something to what you were saying earlier about how they've only added three types since the first ones and it's like i feel like when i was a kid what i wanted out of the next pokemon game was more types and just new new pokemon obviously and then just new content like new places to go and that's like it's enough for a game yeah you know not to like be a gen one or, or you know gen through fiverr but like (laughs) i feel like there's they could spend more time on developing um the pokemon that are already there rebalancing their stats for example um yeah i find focusing more on these the regional forums thing super fascinating and criminally underexplored exactly what i was like that's something that makes sense in that world Mm -hmm. yeah is if you go to different places the creatures look different the best parts of of the games and and honestly just the whole universe is how they tie pokemon into the world and like the actual fabric of how everything is and why it is um so when they lean like more heavily into that i think that it, it ties it ties everything together It just makes everything more cohesive and it keeps you invested as I guess an adult in what's going on um even though they're games for kids like at a certain point you don't need a road in every route you don't need these rules of like a new bird every time exactly birds are birds (laughs) we get the concept (laughs) yeah but but then there's also something to the whole idea of like I wander into a power plant and there's this like bird that's supercharged with electricity or I go into a haunted house and there's a ghost in the tv oh my gosh uh, and they've like they still do some of that, I feel like, but it's it's very tied to like story events and not tied to like players going out and discovering. Right, it's not like just there's stuff a lot in the of world. forced cutscenes yeah. and yeah. yeah, right, uh, right. And I miss that whole spirit of like going out and exploring and yeah, you know, discovering new species. It's more like now. It's more like oh well, there's a legend. <laughs> there's a legend about this Pokemon, and now you, the story's gonna make you go find it. <laughs> Whereas in the, in, the, in the original games, I feel like they were legendary yeah. because, like, of the, the, the schoolyard banter around them, not around right. lore or right. anything. They were legendary in the real world. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think one of the things that would just help in terms of of that transition that they're still kind of struggling to make from 2D to 3D is having just these places that exist in the world that are meant to be explored and don't necessarily have any bearing or have significant bearing on the story or are dictated by the story. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Because that's yeah. kind of the fun of a 3D world is that it's bigger and there are more places to go and new ways to look at things. So to me, it makes sense to look back at why those moments were so successful. Yeah. And incorporate them into your 3D world instead of taking yeah. it away and making it yeah. very, very linear, despite the fact that your world keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't have to box themselves into the concept of routes and caves and yeah. forests and towns and have those be the places that you go. Like, we're in a 3D world means you can break those conventions and do something different with how you explore. So I will disclaim this with, like, it's not proven by any means but there's sort of this theory out there that sword and shield actually started development as a 3ds game Hmm. um and because uh ishihara the ceo of the pokemon company around that same time that it would have been starting development was like yeah i don't really believe in the potential of the switch everyone has a mobile phone these days 3ds has what 60 million units sold um so like it, it it wouldn't be an unreasonable conclusion for someone in that position or with that you know opinion to to say let's make our next game for the 3ds again mm-hmm. yeah and you know i think i think there's a lot of you know signs just in terms of like a lot of the models and animations are reused the textures are kind of low mm-hmm. um it seem and it does seem like in a way this was like they developed the roots and the structure of the game, and then when they brought it over to Switch, said, "Oh, well, here's what we can do with this advancement: is this big sort of open area in the middle? We actually we we buffed this part of the map, right? Um, and then, but then they like duct taped all that together into a I game. I mean, that checks. Right. That really and does if, check. If that's the case, I wouldn't I wouldn't be salty about. I feel like Sword and Shield really are kind of like a a pretty low quality Pokemon experience. I want to like. Get that out of the way for the listeners, because like I love Pokemon uh, so much that I feel like it should have a higher standard than what we got on Switch. I'm sure you've all seen the animations on the internet and like come to your own opinions, and you're you're mad at me or supporting me right now, anyway. But well, it's like, funny because like I like Sword and Shield conceptually, like on paper, mm-hmm, a lot yeah, of stuff it's doing is great. Like the setting actually, yeah. I think still stands up pretty well, yeah. even if the map design does not. Uh, mm-hmm. The wild area conceptually is a, like a cool idea. Yeah, I would love to see that be the map instead of be a Tyrol field thing that just kind of is floating out there. Uh, mm. And so, like, it's not like I'm saying like Sword and Shield is definitely n- in no way the direction I want the series to go. It's just like I want them to follow through on the the concepts and not try to bolt them onto a you know a, an old school. 3d pokemon game. so this actually brings me pretty nicely to i guess we'll leave it out of the later talk about what we want for the 25th anniversary <laughs> but one of the things that i want to see for the 25th anniversary is exactly this sword and shield deluxe i know lee had mentioned uh Sinnoh remakes i would love to see Sinnoh remakes after they've had the time to really like know the switch and perfect those because i don't want to be disappointed by those i want them to be just be- i want that to be the perfect pokemon game and I don't feel they're there yet. I don't feel they're ready to make the perfect Pokemon game on Switch yet. Yeah. Flush out the full realization of what Sword and Shield are. Finish the Pokédex. Uh, maybe add a new story chapter where um, a certain character, you'll know who I'm talking about if you're playing the game, opens a wormhole or whatever his secret you know, research plan succeeds. 
and he opens a, a portal in space to another dimension, and that's sort of like the lead into Diamond and Pearl. That sort of like is a so cool for the twenty fifth anniversary. Oh, that's so you know cool. What I mean? <laughs> yeah, so that's I, I would really love to see them follow through and make good on the promise of Sword and Shield. And I don't care if if they charge for a new game; that's their style. Like whatever. Uh, but there's just a lot missing. There's a lot of gyms that are just like a series of trainers. There's no puzzle. You just walk in and they're like, I'm your first challenge. <laughs> and then you beat them and they walk away and someone walks into the same room and you're just standing there watching yeah. it. Like, yeah, that's uh, that's getting that gets to one of my core complaints, too, which is that there's no dungeons anymore in Pokemon games. Yeah. 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 Even the ca- I hate the new caves. I that was yes, one thing that I really I enjoyed about them releasing the Let's Go games was even though hmm. I've played these dungeons before, just the fact that they were there felt right. Right. It was fun wandering around Silphco and, you know, and you don't, yeah. you don't get an experience like that nowadays. Yeah, honestly, Silphco is one of my favorite, like, just levels of, of any game ever. It feels very special to me. I just really love, I really love it. It has this it's really powerful sense of place, right? Yeah, no, and it's it, it really sticks in my head since I first played it yeah. when I was God knows how old. Like, I, yeah. it's one of those you know, stretches of time that I just remember very clearly, which is, it's good level design. I'm glad you're saying this. <laughs> why? Oh, you'll see why. You'll see why. <laughs> That's vaguely threatening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll see. <laughs> There's nothing behind this poster. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the dungeons are great, but I did promise, you know, positive words on modern Pokemon games. Um, at least mine are that they're so cute. Like, oh, I absolutely. love interacting with the Pokemon in the world, in the wild area, especially when, like, a Choodle will run out to you and be like, hello, sir. <laughs> or, like, a little Stuffle will meow, I guess, is what those, they, I don't, that's what I would call it. Yeah, it's just so fun interacting with them, not only in that big open world, but also in the Pokemon camps. And that's mm-hmm. a feature that really started in X and Y with Pokemon and me. And sort of yeah. since then, you've been able to interact with every Pokemon that you own, like Nintendogs style. And uh, I can't tell you just how much fun I've had literally just sitting at a Pokemon camp, throwing a ball for anyone in my uh, you know, <laughs> lineup. It's just so much fun to see them so happy and thriving. I love it. I love it. This is a silly little thing, but I just love that you can customize your little dude now. I think it's fun to put on clothing and hats and change my eye color and my hair color to things I would Mm -hmm. never do in real life. 25th anniversary, I just love customization. It's just fun. It's a good time. And also, it makes it like it's a good way to spend your money. I feel like at a certain point, Especially because the games aren't as challenging anymore in terms of mechanics. Like, yeah. if you don't need to buy potions all the time, then, like, you know. I totally. just find it to be a, a fun little way to make the world feel more lively and to make myself look cute. Yeah, I love my shuckle shirt. I'd love to see them extend the same thing to the Pokemon themselves where you can kind of yeah. them up a little bit. <gasps> I think that would be yeah. sick. So they, they did that in Let's Go. And, like, the Pikachu outfits and stuff, yeah. yeah be a nightmare to implement but it'd be it'd be fun well hey if they're embracing the philosophy that not every game is going to have every pokemon in it i'm which i'm I'm here for by the way i wouldn't mind let's go johto where every pokemon in the 251 can yeah can get their funny glasses and silly fedoras and things yeah i want my squirtle with the glasses yes (laughs) absolutely yeah yeah oh yeah 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 genius Thank you. So that would be lovely. <laughs> uh, I like I like that bikes can go on water now. That's that's been that was really fun. 
uh, on HMs, I always found it weird that they sort of skipped over a logical way to do it, which is that don't tie them to moves or tie them to Pokemon that you don't own that like, but instead just be like, you have a rock Pokemon, it can do this in the field. You have a water Pokemon, yeah. it can do this in the field. Oh, mm-hmm. to types. That's interesting. That makes a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah, uh, that's pretty and easy. Skipped right over that as a logical <laughs> way to do it. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 well, I don't know I that I see them doing like that at this point. I wonder if a problem that they noticed with implementing it. Like, um, You'd like have cut, to be really I guess, careful go about... to grass. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, yeah. And but it like, might not just be by types, but it might be by like... You know, this Pokemon can, it makes sense for this Pokemon to cut, and it just automatically can. I feel like that ship has sailed. I don't think they'll ever actually go that route at this point. It's still a good idea, it's an yeah. Idea that I always had brewing in my head, and I'd still love to see them do that because it, it was, it was kind of neat that your Pokemon were exploration tools and not just battle tools. Yeah. I, I honestly, like, didn't mind that. It made, it made for more interesting teams, I feel like, because otherwise I never mm-hmm. would have run a Bidoof. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I just so, like, keep I my faves in. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Also, it, it also always surprised me that they've had those those effort values for a long time. Mm-hmm. And they're always based on what you're fighting. I felt like they should have been based on what moves you're using instead of on what you're fighting. Oh, that's interesting. You know? Because then yeah. you don't have to go out and grind. You don't have to go out and kill a bunch of Bidoof. Seek a certain... Right, right. You just use the moves that match the style of your playstyle, and then you'll get the yeah. stats that match your playstyle. I think the real solution... Like, I, I get what their idea is in that you learn from the kinds of Pokemon you defeat. Like, you mm-hmm. gain the experience that they sort of have to offer. But I think that when you're training... For EVs specifically. Yeah. And you're actually, like, trying to reset them and go competitive. It's like, that's when you introduce a mechanic that's easier. And they sort of have. Yeah, they have made it a lot easier. Throughout the years, but I do still feel like they have kind of a ways to go. Yeah. And I don't want to get into all that, because it's a whole other podcast on its own. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, that is one thing I... Look forward to. I'm not even going to list it as a hope for the anniversary because I'm sure yeah, that they it's... will just continue making it easier and easier, more accessible to get into competitive battling. Yeah, I I have I guess a question. So yeah. I've never played Sun or Moon or or Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon, but I have a copy of Ultra Moon. Is it mm. worth going through that game at this point, knowing mm. how, where I stand on Pokemon games and how they should be? I really liked Moon. Okay. I was going to say Sun and Moon, but technically I didn't play Sun. I played Sun. I, I had a good time with it. I feel I, like I like the setting. Yeah. It's novel in ways that I think other Pokemon games aren't. So that's that's a point in his favor. The story seems okay. Oh, and the okay. music is really good. Yeah. Yep. The story is okay. Uh, I, I would say my biggest um, gripe, and I think that this might be more true of, of Ultra Sun and Moon, is what I've heard. I haven't played them myself, so I can't verify, but... I feel like there were a lot of cutscenes, and it was really slow to start. Yeah, I played a little bit of it, and that's what I was feeling. But if you can survive maybe five hours at the beginning, yeah, um, okay. and it opens up maybe to the, like the second out of I think four islands. Um, I loved it. I loved the setting, the music. There's so many Pokemon available to you, and um, I've got kind of a controversial opinion. I feel. That the EXP share spanning your whole party is a good thing. I like that too. (laughs) I mean, it would be a better thing if you could always turn it off. You can't in Sword and Shield, but you can in... Anyway, 
I thought that's great because it gives you an opportunity to train more Pokemon a lot quicker. So yeah. I had a party in Moon that was probably like 12 um, that I would swap them in and out for mm -hmm. uh, different things that I needed to do. And I didn't find that it was like, oh, now this game is so easy. But I found it was like, oh, now I have more Pokemon that I can like. More that are viable. Not yeah. bond with, but you know, yeah. bond with. Like, these are my cool Pokemon. Here's my Arcanine. Heck yeah. I wouldn't have had this if I, you know, I could have chosen a dual fire type, but now I've got my cool Arcanine because I don't need yeah. to save all that typing space. There, there, was, there was friction before in having to go back and train other ones they hadn't used much up to that point, and that's sort of gone. Yeah, out. totally. Yeah. And I also yeah. think the, the world in general is not acclimated anymore to just sinking a bunch of time into tedious tasks. To a more specific yeah. set. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like grinding just doesn't make as much sense with the way that Pokemon's currently set up. Yeah. So not just Pokemon, many, Pokemon, but like there's so much competing for our attention in the world. Yeah. Like, you know, that we do on the internet in our in our daily How lives. How am I supposed our... to level up all my Pokemon when I'm thinking about politics? Come on now. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, we need we need a, a politician Pokemon. We need a we need a politician. Mm. The, poke the Pokemon party, the Pokemon platform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, speaking of Ultra Sun and Moon, I completely lost the association <laughs> I had made. So. Speaking of Ultra Sun and Moon, there are celestial bodies in the sky. Have you ever seen them? <laughs> I think they're pretty ultra. <laughs> All right, well, it sounds like we're winding down on our uh, retrospective of the Pokemon series, uh, just sort of reminiscing on our thoughts throughout the years. But uh, now it is time for our specific wishes for this one. It's the 25th anniversary of the Pokemon franchise, and we want to see what we want to see. What do we want to see? I'm 100% with Lee. I want Gen 4 remakes. Please and thank you. Uh, okay. I have some of my fondest Pokemon memories of, of adulthood, certainly, are playing those games. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn about whether I want to see them in 3D because I thought the 3D conversion of Let's Go was fine. It'd be interesting to see them converted to a world that's sort of differently structured to be in 3D. But I'd also be totally fine with a, a DS-style throwback where it's a top-down 2D-style sprite game. Oh, uh, sprite looks really game! Good. I think it would look really cool that Switch. way. I would yeah. be down for that. Um, because they, you know, they don't have to do too much to make a game like that look good. You can probably even take the uh, same sprites you had originally and just spruce them up. Oh my jeez, you are so right. Because uh, those games already, those games do look pretty good. Like, they yeah, they, they that's my really favorite good. aesthetic in terms yeah. of uh, any of the Pokemon games. Yeah. Oh, and wow. Battles can still be in 3D, so that would still be a, th you know, there's no reason why that couldn't yeah. still be a thing. That game, I don't know. It has, the way it was designed originally is like hits the sweet spot for me in terms of how I want a Pokemon game to be and how I want the world to be and how I want exploring to be. And so, like, I'm worried about the prospect of them making changes. I actually want, I just want the game that I played as a kid. I right. want as long as mining is there, <laughs> I'm good. I want <laughs> yeah, mining. Yeah, the underground. <laughs> and if oh, that's, that's gonna be there, so I'm good happy. with online secret bases. That's right? gonna be like so. You know how you can connect to the internet in um, the overworld in Sword and Shield, and you see everyone on their bikes and stuff. 
Yeah. That, I feel like, is what is going to happen to the underground. And you're going to be able to, like, around. mine with people in real time, visit people's bases. Oh, it's going to be so cool. Right? Wouldn't that be sick? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's um, my big wish for 2024. Okay, okay. I feel like part of that was that you're scared it's not going to be good enough to, with the current direction of the series, and I just want to persuade you over to my wish for Pokemon Gun and <laughs> <laughs> well, get I, the I mean, remakes next year. Well, I part of it, too, is that, like, I feel like the DS games are sort of trapped in DS hell, and yeah. Yeah. I want those games to be preserved in, that, in a way that's really faithful to the way they were originally. Mm. Uh, whereas like you know Game Boy games it's easy enough to port those forward uh, sure. DS games are sort of I mean you could do it it's just should you do it I'd rather they be future proofed and brought to Switch in a way yeah. that will work on any future hardware that they have that makes sense and honestly with like the handheld screen I think that would look really good anyway like uh, yeah. I, I, I would love it I, I don't have anything more to say that would be beautiful yep. Lee how about you um, I feel like I'm very, I get so excited about my ideas, so I feel like I just shout them out. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I already talked about Sinnoh. Um, I, I mentioned it a couple of episodes back, but I would love a Ranger port game, oh, yeah. something for mobile. I think it would be so good, and, like, I want it really badly. Um, and then my other kind of silly external Pokemon thing is I want a, a Pokemon Cafe Mix cookbook. Um, because oh. I think it would be fun to make the little recipes that you see in that I'm obsessed with the game. And so I would like to make the recipes that I see in it. And I know that they've done like some, um, cafe integrations where like a pop-up cafe would make the meals and like give it to people. But uh -huh. I want like a full cookbook where I can sit at home because that's all I'm doing and feel like I'm in a magical world with a bunch of Pokemon. I love that. Yeah, that's yeah. a great quarantine hobby, also, making yes, good Pokemon exactly. dishes. Like, we're yes. still there, for the, at least in the U.S., oh, we're, we're there, there for the foreseeable future. Um, yeah. We, we so need I would like that. of happiness. Yeah, and yeah. also for Pokemon to be real. <laughs> and Pokemon are real. <laughs> no, I don't know. Make, a, make real dungeons that I can go into and pretend to be a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> real life like integration those, those pokemaniacs <laughs> yeah who puts on the charmander head and says, i don't know yes. what <laughs> I, I have to figure out which pokemon it would be but but yeah i want pokemon larps <laughs> where i make go, my like, own mystery dungeon cave. larp team yeah <laughs> wait for someone to come explore <laughs> you're like i've been here for 20 exactly. years and then they give me a berry and everything's yeah. fine <laughs> I give them a ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a couple of uh, quick ones to fire off. Um, I would love to see some sort of re-releases of old Pokemon games. I think we could get, like, for 5 to $10 a piece each of the first three generations. That I assume, so well, cool. we all assume they're remaking the fourth, so each of the first three generations on Switch. Why not just on Nintendo Switch Online, Game Boy Edition? I mean, the I real, guess the, the alternate point, reality the real point is I was making. I just want to be able to play them on Switch. I don't care they... how they. Yeah, yeah, that's also possible. <laughs> but my point is, I just, I just want to play them, yeah. um, <laughs> and uh, compatible with home, obviously. And uh, I would also like them to do the same for Pokemon Coliseum and XD for the GameCube. I've been hearing some chatter that people would like to see those games remade. I, you know, could consider myself among them, but. I think it would be a lot easier and like they still look pretty good. So, you know, why 
put in all the effort when the new games really could use all the attention yeah you just reminded me of one of the other thoughts i had for the 25th which is a pokemon stadium game built on home right uh, where right. you you know you, you actually have something to do with all your pokemon you brought into home even if you don't want to bring them into sword and shield you get my favorite feature from those games which is the gym leader challenges mm-hmm. where they you know and mine the mini games remix yeah yeah yours the mini games it'd be fun to have uh if you if you have the uh the original games downloaded to switch because you know if we go with your idea as well oh yeah you know play those in the little game boy tower oh cool yeah um, oh that would be really cool and yeah. just kind of give us a modern version of that game uh, well it's a really good way to like unite the kind of i, I feel like Poke- pokemon as a series is kind of spread out in a weird way yeah and i think yeah. that actually unifying the series in a meaningful long-lasting way is probably the right right you have all these different (laughs) versions but then you have your pokemon home and your pokemon stadium battle companion yeah makes sense to me yes um yeah i love that and i actually um you know I, i i think that would be so so freaking great because pokemon needs that kind of experience again the mini games are awesome um the battle companion's awesome um, as we sort of discussed, a lot of the animations in the actual sort of core series <laughs> aren't very good. And so if they have something that's a lot tighter focused on just really being a battle simulator, they can spend the time into improving all those animations for all those Pokemon. Um, so right, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of good reasons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they can just use them, you know? <laughs> yeah. I had a thought earlier about how Pokemon Home is really useful at the things that it does now, like trading and collecting all your pokemon in one place and providing pokedex pokedex entries in one place um i'd love for them to expand that the concept of home more to do more things with your pokemon so yeah have a camp type experience with your pokemon like the pokemon camps i totally agree Uh, i had another thought earlier and it's completely exited my brain at this point but like do more with the concept about like having you interact with the games I don't know if you use the uh, mobile version or, or the Switch version or both. I, I use, use both, both a little bit, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the feature set is not the same across the two versions of the app. Yeah, that's that's. And true. I'm not just talking about, like, you can't trade on the Switch version, which itself is also weird. That's but like incredibly strange. Like, yeah. you can't, you like, on the mobile version, you can select Pokemon and assign tags to them. You mm-hmm. can't view those tags on the Switch. So it's useless for categorization unless you're viewing on mobile like it mm-hmm. and then if you bring them into pokemon sword and bring them back they lose their tags right well this is um, just the general problem which is that it's not cohesive right like there isn't all of their things are little separate doodads and they're not connected in a meaningful way that's a big argument i think for getting all these game all the game old games on switch is you can mm-hmm. kind of unify them and make it all work yeah and i, I would love to see more of that like pokemon box had all these features where you could like i say all these features as if it wasn't just like (laughs) fake little (laughs) cards that you arrange on a table but like you know you could do something with them you could look at your pokemon in different ways you could um i guess that really was the full extent of it but you know get creative i guess is what i'm saying Yeah. yeah because you know, well, the thing about Pokemon, Pokemon is, like, they have so much cool. money, the world is their oyster. They can do whatever they want. So, like, <laughs> they should. Right, and they have all these different, like, 
they have all the models from like Pokemon Rumble. Like you can yeah. easily like just make a little tiny Pokemon camp that works on your phone and your Switch. Yeah, there's a lot they could do. I'm I'm reminded that my home subscriptions are about to like expire. Yeah, me too. Keep auto renewal on, and I turned auto renewal off, and I have no idea how to actually make sure my subscription doesn't lapse. And I don't Ooh. think it matters because they're not going to like delete stuff. No, they, you have I think thirty but, days. Um, but I have no idea you, you, you how do, I'm going to sign back. You need back to know up. when it. Well, you sign back up. I think just on your system. Yeah. I think you purchase it through the like 3DS eShop, yeah. I have no, oh, the home, no the, the, the real eShop. proof that that's what the experience of resubscribing is going to be like because they won't let me <laughs> access any kind of purchasing experience. So I have one to take us home. Is this a Silfco thing that I had to prepare myself for? There's a lot of talk about Super Smash Bros. Fighter Pass number two. And a lot of people are saying... Not for bad reason. We've always got, you know, the newest starter from the newest generation, whatever, whatever. So we're we're going to get a new Gen 8 Pokemon in Super Smash Brothers this time. Um, I would be cool with Rillaboom. Sure, I would take it. I, cool is too strong a word. <laughs> uh, people are talking about toxicity. If that's how you say it. There's uh, Urshifu seems to be a popular choice. And I that one I like because... It sort of bucks the trend of having the Smash roster choose one of the starter Pokemon where, like, maybe someone chose Decidueye for Sun and Moon and wanted Decidueye in Smash Bros and never got over it. But Urshifu is kind of in this unique position where, like, it's almost a a mascot of the DLC. It is a shared partner Pokemon that everyone who plays the DLC has in common. And it's a legendary that's not, like, 70 feet, crazy OP. I would prefer... Uh, because we already have all these big, beefy buff boys in Smash Brothers, these Street Fighter, you know, guys. But we don't have low, beefy buff boys. <laughs> May I present Cubfu? So I think a little tiny brawler would be a lot cooler just in terms of, like, diversity in their character choices and the balance of the game. And then like the Street Fighter characters, he's got the split final Smash, you know, either Urshifu. However, when you look at the Smash roster, you know, you, you want only the most iconic, timeless characters in gaming you don't want like a time capsule of 15 minute famers so i think we're kind of only talking about choices like these because we're conditioned to you know like we're prepared for generic xyz pokemon we're prepared for generic sword shield gun (laughs) but are we prepared for trouble (laughs) maybe for one trouble but i don't know if i could make it dumb So you play as Meowth. That's right. Talking, yes. sassy, cat-clawing Meowth. Bossing around the other members of Team Rocket. They're, you know, they're like dopely, you know, directing him in the background. They are like Pokemon Trainer. And I think that this actually that. works because, you know, there's supposed to be like no anime content. No content from anime in these games. But Jesse and James have been completely resorbed into the in-game Pokemon canon. In not just a yellow version... But let's go in Pokemon Masters and Pokemon Go that it's something that's just so crucially missing. Uh, Meowth is a more important character. Meowth is the the most important character. Well, Team Rocket is a primary character of the series for 25 years. They're more important characters than half the Pokemon roster in Smash, than half the roster in Smash. And I get, like, I, I appreciate, you know, people say there's, like, too much Gen 1 representation, and I do get it, but I feel like 
they're really the exception to a lot of the patterns that we've seen um, with Pokemon. Like they're the they're the 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 one inclusion that really just I feel makes the franchise whole. Well, yeah, because in a lot of ways, it's like we're retreading the same starter types over and over and over again. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but this is a totally different, not just character, but like gang of characters. What I really want to see is the final smash is Meowth like presses a button, calls down the team rocket balloon and they all load <laughs> up, but classic it malfunctions Ugh. and the explosion is the final smash is what damages everybody. That Meowth so bails good. and Jesse and James <laughs> go flying with a star KO and they scream team rockets blasting off again. And that's, you know, it makes too much sense, Colin. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. But, you know, as for the rest of the moves, we figure it out. Claws, bites, throw coins, whatever. It doesn't, you know, we, we know what Smash Bros. characters are Swing like. They figure it around. out. Yeah. Or like one idea I had is that they raided like a department store and they got a bunch of potions and TMs and the be down move is actually inventory. Because that's kind of an element of Pokemon that's still missing in the Smash games. It's just how much time you spend tricking out a otherwise normal Pokemon before and during the fight. So I just think that kind of a move is, is good for like a trainer character. And then of course Team Rocket doesn't switch out. And of course they're just they're going to bring the shenanigans to the fight. So you can restore health and boost stats for, you know, a short time. And I was thinking that um, they could use TMs to sort of elementally charge up your specials. So, like, let's say that Bite is the neutral B. You use a TM to get, like, Ice Fang, Thunder Fang, Fire Fang for a time. Uh, maybe False Swipe is the side special, and it, it does shield damage or stuns. But then with a TM, it guarantees status condition. They could do sort of the same thing with elemental punches in the side smash. I'm thinking maybe the recovery is fury swipes. Like they just, that's how they recontextualize like the Fox or Sephiroth style like charge up recovery to work for Meowth. And gadgets, like Team Rocket's got all these gadgets. Like I, the grab I was thinking could be like a Nintendo Super Claw style. Um, like they use that in the show a lot, I think, to steal Pokemon. So stuff like that. One can just be like a sassy remark that does psychic damage. Like, ow, that like actually hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I dig it. Nice. I think what would come with them is a Sylph Coast stage and all sorts of villainous sort of associated Pokemon music. We get like, like Team a, Rocket like a battles. Like Sylph Coast stage? Yeah. Um, or I was thinking, I was actually, I'm glad you said Sylph Coast because it's what I really wanted and I have an aversion to it because, right, there is the N64 Saffron City stage in which you play on top of the Sylph Coast yeah. building. I'm but thinking like it's more inside. of like the dungeon version. Yeah. You'd have those like pads that not that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Stuff. I don't know how they would do that. Oh, I want to cool, see that, though. but I don't know how they would do because of all this. I was thinking maybe team rainbow rocket headquarters. That would probably be a really cool stage too. Yeah. I haven't played ultra sun and moon, so I have no idea how it would work. Um, but I just feel like aesthetically that is fitting and it's new and it's, um, anyway, so we get a bunch of cool music like the Rocket Hideout and like Sylph Co. Rocket Hideout from Gold and Silver, I mean. Sylph Co. and uh, battle themes and uh, all sorts of good stuff. Villainous Pokemon music. I know Mewtwo sort of people see as a villain and like he's got the Japanese voice actor from the anime. So like there is that. I feel like more damning now is like he's left out of the villains montage. Every time they announce a villain, Mewtwo's not there. Mm. So it could be funny to have all these like big kaiju like god slayer monsters and then team rocket meowth yeah that's right so then i guess uh the meowth pokeball would have to change yeah i was thinking a lowland meowth forms 
Or um, I was also wondering if Alolan Meowth would be a cool skin, um, but I feel like that kind of is not in the spirit of the Team Rocket choice, just because it, it's not their Meowth. Yeah, exactly. Um, it wouldn't be able to talk, um, and they'd have to like re-rig the animation to match its new personality. So like, right. Well, I like your pick better than mine, but I I still really love. And I, I brought this up on the show before, but, but I have a different thought on on how Pokemon representation should change for Smash. And that is, they need to lean more into other types that they haven't touched yet. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. like, like fighting, electric. Fighting's old new, old news. I mean, they've done electric before, <laughs> but you know what <laughs> no, they can I, really do? I just do? know where you're going with this, and I'm. Being... They could really do Ghost. Yeah. And you all know by Ghost, I really just mean Rotom. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, I know he's electric, but he's also ice and and you know and fire and grass and. They could incorporate other stuff. that all into one move set. There's yeah, no. Yeah, that reason. would be a seg. Yeah, yeah that they, so, he couldn't you know, transform in the middle of the match. Would be really oh appliances. wow, he's so relevant too. Like, Wait a minute, that's sense. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. His final smash is he sucks you into the TV with him. Oh, that's cool. I don't know what else happens oh, once you go in Rotom. there. Oh, Rotom. Oh, you, I know you've mentioned him a lot, but this is the time where you've convinced he's me. He's got that variety that a, a Smash character yeah, needs. And for he's sure. got the zaniness, the Pokemon-style zaniness that we haven't really gotten with him. Well, characters. and he matters. He's the Pokedex Absolutely. now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he's a main character in, in yeah, okay, cool, He's cool. never been so, more relevant. Meowth and Rotom are the two they need to add. I think we can agree. Agreed, yes. Well, everybody, that is all for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Surprise! What? One more thing from a Nintendo show? Who would have thought? In the spirit of surprise, uh, surprise, it's Pokemon Go's fifth anniversary this year. So we are here to celebrate in a new segment with winner of the 2011 Manhattan Spelling Bee now looking for a paid internship, Veronica Marks. I turned 22 the other day and I feel absolutely ancient. Mm-hmm. Going to bed at like 4.30. Yeah. Just wait till 25. That's all I'm going to say. I just turned 25 and my bones are aching every day. <laughs> Me too. I think I know when it's going to rain. Yeah. At least four times a day. I'm like, my back. Yeah. 25 is the age at which you start slowly dying for the rest oh, of your life. Oh, that's awful news. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. So <laughs> 2021 is not my year. <laughs> um, well, great. So it sounds like Alex had a couple questions prepared about Pokemon Go. But I thought we could also, at the end, have a bug-catching competition. Or a Pokemon-catching competition, I guess. Bug-catching competition is a thing from Gold and Silver. Close to my heart. However, Do you mean, like, like real bugs in real life? No, so <laughs> in one of the Pokemon games, there's a bug-catching contest where you have to go and catch the biggest bugs. And I don't know if they base it on, like, level or what, but, like... You would go and catch like a scyther, and they'd be like, "Well, that's a big scyther." <laughs> well, they have like sizes, don't they, in universe? Yeah, but like, but it's not based on that, huh? <laughs> but there's also it's not shown anywhere. Like that's not yeah. on the stat screen. Like this one is, however many oh, feet right, tall. Right. They yeah. just would, t- I guess, tell you. Anyway, <laughs> we're talking about Pokemon Go today. Alex, what 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 sort of questions did you have? Yeah, so I guess maybe I'll start. Veronica, uh, tell us a little bit about your background playing Pokemon Go. Absolutely. Um, basically, I mean, I started playing in you know 2016, like everybody else, um, and uh, like recently, my a friend of mine was like, "Haha, I've been playing Pokemon Go, haha," and I was like, 
oh haha like that could be fun haha and then I actually tell them (laughs) and now it takes up a pretty good chunk of my time (laughs) (laughs) one of those things you start ironically and then it's for real yeah yeah it's become a little too real um my parents didn't let me like play video games as a child and I always wanted like to play Pokemon so I'm definitely like recapturing my youth here hey capture (laughs) who's your favorite Pokemon Oh my god. Right now I'm like obsessed with Miltank. Oh yes, okay. <laughs> um, just because like he's just been popping up a lot um in the game lately. And I just like how he wiggles with his udders. <laughs> it's inviting and menacing. Um I also love Quagsire's animation. Oh <gasps> yes! Oh with the big mouth. <laughs> I love his huge opening. mouth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I saw this great video with uh well Quagsire is singing. I don't want to describe a meme on a podcast, but Quagsire is singing and it's great. I would literally love to hear his voice. I want to know what he has to say. Quagsire, what do you think about the economy? He's such a genius. He is a genius about the economy. He's one of the smartest thinkers of our time. Yeah. Quagsire, how can I avoid paying taxes like Yoshi does? Quagsire! That's the kind of cutting edge legal advice you won't hear anywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Quagsire, are the rumors true? I'm so happy for them. So I, like like Colin, have not played Pokemon Go much lately. I feel like like back when it started, originally it got its life from, from two things, I'd say. First, the giant surge of people just wandering around playing the <laughs> yeah. game. Uh, and then two, just like it would constantly be prompting you to go check out places and, you know, you had your your landmarks that you could go and your poke stops and stuff so it, you know it's challenging you to go out and explore your surroundings and see what pokemon you can find yeah but like the pandemic happened and that's i mean I get, you can still go outside no one's really stopping you from going outside but we're sort of being encouraged to stay home as much as possible in a lot of places like what's motivating people to play this game now well i feel like it's like going outside and like walking is kind of like <clears throat> one of the only activities you can do now um yeah like we can't really go hang out indoors um yeah so i think this has been really nice in the pandemic because honestly i've been here i've been living where i've been living for more than a year now and i was getting very sick of this neighborhood (laughs) but now it's more fun because there's pokemon in it um which makes it not like this i'm seeing the same houses like every day and like losing my mind right are there are a lot of Pokestops where you are. Yeah, um, I'm down the street from USC, which has so many Pokestops. That's nice. It's like it's very dense, <laughs> and at least like seven of them are named University of Ca- of Southern California. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a lot of them are just named University of Southern California. How many spiky things are Pokestops? Spiky things? Oh, oh my gosh, that's such an old meme. <laughs> oh no sorry I'm sorry i didn't mean to use. date you <laughs> that's okay <laughs> <laughs> it's really surprising what is and isn't a pokestop like outside levy library is a pokestop as is levy library <laughs> so they're like you're here and then you get a reward for being not here yeah basically okay yeah i asked because it's like man it, it i live in the suburbs and so mm. you know god forbid they put a pokestop next to my house so I feel like I have to actually travel a bit to actually get to one. Should we start the the contest? Yes, I would love to. Yeah, so how's this going to work? Um, I figured we were just going to catch as many as possible in, um, like, five minutes. But also, I forgot to quiz just bugs, right? space, and I 
Yeah, so maybe this won't work because at least in my area, like, there's, I'm not near any I've got one. stops. Got a Weedle. I, I got, like, four Pokemon on my there screen. There it is. Just in my oh my house. god, there's a Charmeleon. Not a Charmander, a straight up Charmeleon. Oh, a Charmeleon. I got a Tepig. Let's do this. Oh, they're so right. cute. And the Meowth balloon. I got a bug. Oh, I here. love the addition of Jesse and James. I think right? that's genius. Excellent marketing move. I've got a I've got a Trubbish. Ooh, I see a Miltank on my radar. I love Ooh, the I see two Miltank on my radar. I would love for okay. my job to just be like coming up with Pokemon. Right? It's the dream. Because you can tell they're they're running out of ideas. <laughs> Apparently this is my first time catching Trubbish. So you tweeted that they, they keep they tell you if you had a shiny in a Pokedex? Yeah. Great yeah. news, because I caught two shiny Weavile on community day. They are lovers. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I wanted to send them into Pokemon Shield. Now I can. Oh right, because you can go between the games and oh, the yeah. devices. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you can move them to home. I, I moved a bunch of mine as soon as that feature came out. I might have gone on this podcast too early because my little huge news for me, mm-hmm. um, my little brother finally agreed to send me his Switch that he doesn't play on anymore because Whoa. he's quote unquote graduated to Call of Duty. <laughs> so, uh, How old is your little brother? Actually, his last year game, he's I guess. 14. Okay. Absolute nightmare age. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they sent it in the mail this morning. Um, wow. So I'm definitely going to like download pokemon games and play them heck for the yeah first time oh that's so exciting i'm so excited i'm gonna get animal crossing for sure i had i was i felt so much fomo when everyone got animal oh, yeah. crossing. so i'm battling team rocket for the first time they showed up and i had no storage space and their scyther's going crazy on me oh this is the hardest <laughs> thing i've ever done in this game what <laughs> <laughs> what jesse colin are you surprised that a strong powerful woman is defeating you no not at all (laughs) in pokemon yeah folks you heard it here first (laughs) colin mcisaac doesn't think he can be beat by women female npcs in pokemon games it's a very specific prejudice (laughs) colin let me cancel you let me that's why i came on this podcast never Yeah, no, Jesse always comes out with Scyther as the first one. Oh, yeah, and now she, so, so she took out completely one of my Pokemon, and now she sends wow. in an Ekans, who died mm. in two seconds. Hey. You would, it usually, like, goes up in difficulty, but Scyther, like, is a yeah. bad, and then Ekans is just, like, a floppy little snake. <laughs> yeah, and then Stantler. These aren't, like, Team Rocket's Pokemon. No, they're not. <laughs> but their faces are really expressive. This is cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love the animation for Jesse and James. It's unnerving. I've, I've caught everything in my radius, but there's this shadow floating around on the floor nearby me. Oh, that's probably the balloon. Yeah, go fight Jesse James. There's a balloon. Um, it won't let me do anything. It keeps passing over me and then nothing happens. If you zoom out, I think you can touch the Meowth. I love the community days. Yeah! <laughs> Maybe this is niche, but like, I feel like on, like you know in the gay community it's always like lesbian day of visibility happy like demisexual day of community and that's how the community days on pokemon go feel to me <laughs> happy meal tank day yeah like happy electabuzz community day like today's the day we celebrate the electabuzz community and like all they stand for and their bravery in the world do they listen to this will they Ooh. listen to this and incorporate my suggestions pokemon go oh i hope so yeah field them Okay, I think that it should be way more random, like, which Pokemon are out and about. It's very, like, 
okay, like there's going to be like a million bunnelbees today or like for the next few weeks, like in your area. And I feel like it would be cool if just like every half block, there was like a different one. I just feel like that would be more fun and motivate. Cause like sometimes I get bored. I'm like, okay, I have all of these. Already. Yeah. Like I don't need all of these today. Or at least like have the ecosystem change yeah. more often. Well, I was going to say like sort of having some sort of like seasonality to not just yeah. the seasons, but yeah. even, you know, the time of day, like yeah. different Pokemon in the morning, day, night, different Pokemon in like March, June, July. Like, And this is like all stuff that they've done before in the main game. So they should know how to do this. Yeah. Like, they, they know which Pokemon belong where and when. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. By the way, I just lost tragically to James. I kind of stopped paying attention to the <laughs> oh, battle, no. which is now part you won't of it. Get but also, <laughs> they're a lot stronger than I thought. I absolutely adore um, all of the people in the replies of the Pokemon Go Twitter. However, I love oh, their yeah? gripes. Why? What do they? What do they say? It's just like there's one dude who every day is like, "I demand cowboy caterpie." <laughs> I do too. Hey, that's me. <laughs> Every day he replies to whatever they've tweeted, no matter what it is, and is like, "What is Cowboy Caterpie, and why is it not there?" It sounds amazing. This is a Nintendo fan community thing. I feel like because like anytime Nintendo tweets stuff, people are like, "When's a Nintendo Direct?" Yeah, Yeah. it's just the same energy. Yeah, people. It's like, "Hi, we're gonna play Ring Fit Boxing on Nintendo Minute today. Where's Mother (laughs) Three? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Not here for this right now. No, yeah, they'll tweet like, "Happy Lunar New Year" from everyone at Pokemon Go, and someone in the replies will be like. Everything about this game is wrong and needs to be changed. Need more remote passes. Like, <laughs> like there's, people get so mad, which I respect. And they have, like, really specific suggestions, too, right? It's like, you have to do this exact thing or I'm going to boycott your game. They must have, like, notifications on. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, what did I... Oh, I had something fun. I had a fun idea, but I don't remember it now. Shucks. I believe you. Oh, shuckles. No, you don't. Don't patronize me. (laughs) I believe you. I do think Pokemon Go should sponsor me, and I would like to be a Pokemon Go influencer. Are there Pokemon Go influencers? No, but I think I should be one. That would be cool. So that's where, you know, maybe the game goes from here. Pokemon Go influencers wear the outfits from the games in real life and (gasps) take pictures of them on Instagrams. Five Pokemon Go fits that I wouldn't have that I would have worn if not for quarantine trending on TikTok, you know? Well, I'm I'm famously anti-TikTok, but... That's honestly rad. Some Pokemon Go LARPing. <laughs> that's, how, that's how that feels to so, me. So, yeah, I actually, I did that when the game came out, and I got yelled at for being a degenerate in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I had a Team Rocket Halloween costume from, like, a couple of years ago, and I, as a joke, was like... I was like, hey, like, meet me at this Pokestop, which is, like, the park, you know, between, like, some of my friends' house to one of my friends. And I was dressed as Team Rocket. (laughs) And we were walking back, and this guy, like, slows his car down, and he's like, hey, who the f*** are you? (laughs) What are you doing in my neighborhood? (laughs) I was like, I am catching Eradicate. He was like, no, no, you're not eradicating anything in this neighborhood. And I looked like an idiot. There was a whole mess. Honestly, though, on brand for Team Rocket. (laughs) That was a Guido in the wild. (laughs) You were supposed to catch him. (laughs) I really did give my Pokemon Go, like, my avatar, like, the most lesbian outfit, I think, possible in the game. What is it? It's, like, a muscle tee and, like, ripped 
jeans with flannel pockets, which like, why would you make that an option if you were not pandering to my people in my community? <laughs> oh, they have a share online status now? Does Pokemon Go have a stories feature? Haha. <laughs> <laughs> That would actually be kind of fun and useful. You take a picture of the Pokestop, and then, oh, no, am I advocating for this? You can't have influencers <laughs> without stories. <laughs> it's like I caught this Whalmer here at this Pokestop, and, yeah, it kind of works better than LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, I would. There's not a lot of products that I feel like I could honestly promote with my heart and with honesty, but mm-hmm. I feel like I could really passionately be a Pokemon Go influencer, a Pokemon Go fluent. Pokemon Go Fluencer. Ginfluencer? Ooh, that's smart. And you make you make Pokemon themed cocktails on the go. <gasps> For when you're walking down the street at 2 p.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I'm doing. I'm not, if I'm not drinking at 2 p.m. On, <laughs> on the street on a Saturday, something's wrong. <laughs> something's well, uh, with that, at 2 p.m. on a Saturday, I am going to go make some Pokemon Gocktails. <laughs> it's just straight rum. St- fall down somewhere in a gutter. <laughs> in your Team Rocket costume? In my Team Rocket costume, yeah. I it had a full whip yeah. and everything. I don't know if I brought that along him. with me, but he if I did, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> okay, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my high school was not happy about the implications. Oh my god. Wait, I didn't know that they had a whip. I like forgot that. In uh the Game Boy, yeah, the idea is like they're like Animal tamers. Well, I would say more like like animal cage match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, tamers is the wrong word. Do you have anything to say before we go? <laughs> um, yeah, my um suspended Twitter account is at realbigv1. <laughs> if you know anyone who works at Twitter or you work at Twitter, please get my account unsuspended. Um, it would mean a lot to me. I worked really hard on my account. Um, and... viral Lincoln tweet it was incredible oh thank yeah. you I mean, yeah. and you need that so you can be an influencer exactly, exactly. thank you yes please help me on my Pokemon Ginfluencer journey <laughs> yeah if you work at Twitter or know anyone who works at Twitter um, please get me unsuspended at realbigv1 <laughs> that's my plug <laughs> okay well everybody that is all for this week thank you so much for tuning in if you like our show please feel free to subscribe and give us a quick positive rating on itunes or stitcher spotify wherever you listen it is a small act of support that really helps people find our show it's good for them it's good for us it's good for you guys to see our community grow it really helps us out if you are an epic gamist and you have an epic game question or you got reactions to what we said or fun nintendo stories you want to share please send it to epicgamist at gmail.com And you can follow Epic Gamist on Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all kinds of different places for different kinds of stuff. Pick your favorite platforms. If you are listening right now, if you can hear me, we know that you stuck with us. We know you're hardcore. And again, we are just getting restarted here. So much so that those accounts I mentioned don't actually have any posts or profile pictures or anything. (laughs) So you're not in the wrong place. But the goal, ultimately, is to have fun waiting for you on any app you choose all powered by a charity driven 
Patreon so that gamers can give back while supporting all kinds of fun content made just for you. Literally just for you because of the Patreon requests. So every listen, like, retweet, share, every follow on those accounts, whatever way that you want to support us, even for free, still fuels the same good goal. So we are really counting on you, Mario Party Top 452 of you, to help us raise awareness and spread the word and get more gamers giving back. For fun. When it's up, we'll tell you. Nintendo Week is brought to you by our hosts, Alex Plant, tweet at Legend of Lex, Lee Albanese, tweet at Enalanes, that's E-N-A-L-A-N-E-S, Jackson Murphy, tweet at Cheaper by 12 Film, and Dark Alex, tweet into the abyss and destroy yourself. Myself, tweet at Colin McIsaac, that's C-O-L-I-N-M-C-I-S-A-A-C. Nintendo Week is a fan show. We are not affiliated with or operated by Nintendo, and we do not represent the brand in any way. All opinions expressed are our very own, and all games played are purchased, not provided, unless otherwise stated. <laughs> Happy Mule Tank Day! Ah. I have an idea of how we can bring back the hype for Pokemon Go. And it's very simple. All we have to do is just make the Pokemon real.